Has the fight for queer equality gone back into the closet since same-sex marriage became legal in June of 2015? If you weren't paying close enough attention, you might think so. Attorney Elizabeth Schwartz is on a one-woman crusade to fight for full queer equality, and she joins us on Queer Money to talk about her fight for all our rights. If you're LGBTQ or A and are passionate about equality benefits and protections for everyone, you won't want to miss this show, and you might want to have a pen and paper. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in-crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My my decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally, we don't drink on queer money, but because we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla on... Grab a glass of wine, because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt-Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. She is an, uh, an attorney who's been fighting for LGBT rights uh, for several years, and specifically has done some, prem- pre- uh, some premier cases in the state of Florida. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We love having you. Um, Would you mind giving us an introduction of yourself, please? Sure. Um, So, as you mentioned, I'm an attorney uh, here in the great state of Florida, and uh, I've been working for almost 20 years now, uh, practicing law, and uh, I'm an activist in the LGBT community, have uh, worked on, my gosh, over these uh, decades, uh, started with our human rights ordinance here in Miami-Dade County, working to uh, expand protections against discrimination and employment and housing and public accommodations uh, for for uh, discrimination based on sexual orientation, then uh, moved to, uh, to litigation uh, against our adoption ban. We had a ban against gay people adopting in the state of Florida for uh, 33 years until uh, 2010. Um, then uh, shifted focus to our marriage ban, uh, which we had until uh, January 2015 uh, here in the state of Florida. And then uh, I guess the that, that, that rapidly became the fight uh, to get birth certificates issued fairly. Uh, the state of Florida was not wanting to issue uh, birth certificates to same-sex uh, married couples uh, having children in the context of their marriage, so so then focused on that battle, and uh, so and so so that's been the pro bono stuff, and then uh, what what helps pay the bills is uh, family formation work, adoption, uh, insemination, surrogacy, uh, estate planning, uh, family work, uh, prenups, and uh, dissolution, and um, I guess like that. <laughs> wow, that's quite a resume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to go back and take a nap. <laughs> right? Awesome. You and me both, sister. <laughs> so, if, uh, so any of our listeners who have paid close attention to our show will know that uh, we have mentioned Elizabeth Schwartz uh, a couple of episodes ago when we interviewed Kathy Pareto. Kathy Pareto oh. uh, was a financial advisor. We had come on Queer Money to talk about uh, financial planning for the LGBT community. And the reason that we got connected with Elizabeth is because Kathy Pareto and her wife, Carla Arguello, um, they are uh, Elizabeth's clients. Sure. And uh, Kathy and Carla were the first gay couple to get married in the state of Florida. And then uh, the, the the birth certificate law that Elizabeth helped change, it was uh, you were representing Kathy and Carla. Was that correct? 
That's correct. Yeah, they they uh, they reached out. Uh, that was just a, an awful call to get. Kathy um, reached out sort of in shock when her uh, twins were just born and she's still in the hospital. And she's like, what do you mean after all we went through, they're not wanting to list me on my kid's birth certificate? And um, of course, we were already aware of the situation. And so, you know, said, hey, do you want to? You want to join another lawsuit? Uh, we had uh, we had uh, launched a, a lawsuit um, a, already against the state of Florida, the Department of Health, which was uh, you know they say not wanting to issue birth certificates fairly just yet, and it took them a minute to uh, pull it together and realize they needed to uh, to to do that. So um, so Kathy and Carla joined that lawsuit, um, and uh, and we we ultimately did get uh, birth certificates issued uh, fairly. Uh, so, uh, so that's been a nice, a nice, uh, success. Um, and, uh, and, and Carla has, uh, Carla and Kathy have, uh, three beautiful children with three beautiful birth certificates that have them both. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So if you could do us a favor, Liz, can you explain to us what was the law prior? Because I think that's probably something that many, uh, individuals who live in, states that don't allow or don't have kind of this freedom of birth certificate uh what what was this, well, the law like then? yeah it's sort of a it's sort of it's a little bit complicated to explain because it, it's not that the law had to change um it's that the state of florida had to just essentially change their administrative practice in issuing birth certificates um they, they just were not quite understanding exactly what uh, what what it means to to have you know full and complete marriage equality. Um, so so it, it it's not that they had to exactly change the law. It's just that there. It, it's almost like you know when you go to a restaurant and you want to like substitute an order. They're like, well, we don't have a button on the computer to like say you know hold the cheese. So you have to have the cheese and just take it off yourself or something. So that that's kind of what it was. Is just literally their forms were were not yet updated and it took them quite some time to to work it out the 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 unique sort of piece of this particular case however is that you know just because you can get your name both on the birth certificate uh, and you mentioned sort of the different laws in different states um it, it doesn't mean that you also shouldn't still button up your parental rights with an adoption. So, you know, like in Kathy and Carla's case, you know, they, they had to adopt their children to get their names on the birth certificate. And I totally get, you know, how that can just feel like such an indignity, you know, for, yes. for Kathy to have to adopt her own children. But, you know, we, we still, even, even once we won and now couples can have their children and put their names both on the birth certificate if they're if they're a married couple, uh, like any other married couple. Um, it's still the the thing about it is that it is still strongly recommended to to do that adoption uh, to confirm those parental rights with a court order because, as you say, the law is so different everywhere. So just because you know your marriage will be regarded. Uh, uh, as as confirming parental rights on on both spouses, you know, here in Florida or even here in the U.S., it doesn't mean that that's going to be the case all over. 
So, you know, the idea really is uh, to, to get a judgment because a judgment, you know, a court order, an adoption or a parent's judgment, that will absolutely be respected all over the yes. world that will be given you know, full faith and credit that will be regarded all over the world. So, so it's, it's a funny thing to say, you know, we won, now you can both be on the birth certificate, but you still should adopt. <laughs> right, right. Um, because, you know, just as I say, you can't ever be too neurotic when it comes to kids. So. <laughs> right, absolutely. That's a good explanation. Thank you. Yeah, I think that we were a little confused because we had heard that prior to this happening that a gay man or woman could adopt a child individually, but they couldn't as a couple. And maybe that's maybe that's wrong. No, uh, well, that is wrong um, because so prior to the you mean prior to this lawsuit is that what you mean? Correct, mm-hmm. correct. Um, yeah, so so we were doing um, joint adoptions, but just in a different way than than we would if a couple was married. So so like let's say that you guys were were adopting a child together, or let's say you know that that. John was the biological father of a child, and then David wanted to be, uh, you know, the you wanted to be the the joint legal parent, of course. Um, so we would do like a second parent adoption. So if you were adopting a child, like privately or through the foster care system, then John, you would be the initial legal parent, and then David would do a second parent adoption. Or if you were the legal parent through surrogacy. Again, you would be that initial legal parent, and then David would be the uh, would do a second parent adoption. So we would just do what I colloquially would call the one-two punch. You know, just sort of do do, do you, you know, one one and the next, and, and usually we do it the same day. So it's not like it, it was a long, long drawn out thing. So um, that because the law in Florida very much does allow us to do uh, second parent adoptions, and that's you know very very clear and very, you know, clearly provided for in the law. Um, so, uh, so, so that's, that was sort of our workaround, but once we had marriage equality, now it's a different thing because now we can benefit from what's known in the law as the marital presumption and the marital presumption is, uh, you know, what, what your parents probably benefited from when they had you in the context of their marriage is right. the benefit of being married. You know, you're born into a, a relationship where the parents are married, so the presumption is that they're both uh, your your legal parents. So uh, now we're able to do you know just a simple, straightforward joint adoption with one petition and no one-two punch needed. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's easier now. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. That's so so it, it is. It, it's interesting <laughs> because I think for millions of Americans, both gay and straight, the assumption was that after June of 2015, everything was equal. Everything was the same and they could, you would, could just, we would all just move forward with our lives and get on with it. But there still are these lingering laws or things, uh, practices in states that are, that present inequality. Absolutely. And I think that there are also judges who just plainly see the law in different ways. Um, so so there there are judges in, I mean, for example, just off the top of my head, there were a couple of recent uh, cases in the last uh, uh, year and change, uh, one out of New York, one out of Tennessee, 
where they did not, the judges did not find that that marital presumption I just was describing that that applied to a same-sex couple. So they just were like, yeah, no, that the the whole concept of the marital presumption was was about the, the father and the biological father and the husband and the whatever, and and that you know, two lesbians can't be biological mothers. So you don't you don't benefit from the marital presumption. So if you didn't adopt, then you're out of luck. So we're we're strongly recommending that that folks just button up those parental rights with that adoption. And 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 yeah, we we do have a lot more work to do and a lot more education uh, uh, to undertake as a community. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of a, a, a fault of the LGBT community. I, I feel like, especially in personal finance, but in also the LGBT community, we have kind of become apathetic after June 2015. And we haven't thought about that some of these fights have now migrated to the state level. Um, and it, it, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we're aware of, especially our, what the laws are in our own states so we can protect ourselves. But then those of us who have some of the benefits and freedoms that other members of our community don't have in, in, in the states in which they live, we need to continue to advocate for them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it does seem as though there's, there's this sense upon uh, that a lot of folks have that upon achieving the freedom to marry we're done, you know, that it was, that we sort of crossed that, that final line that we've been all working so hard towards and, and now magically we're equal and somehow we, uh, somehow marriage is this panacea that fixes all of our other discriminations that we experience wherever we are in the country, whatever color we are, you know, uh, it, it's just, of course, of course, marriage is a tremendous victory, uh, not only just it, it itself in terms of the, the rights and responsibilities that it allows us to to achieve and, and to experience and to enjoy, uh, but, but of course, it's, it, it's, by far not uh doesn't fix everybody's problems right right so i have a question is it more that laws that that their legislatures at the state level are are changing laws to become more discriminatory or is it that there are just antiquated practices and laws that have yet not yet been updated relative to to same-sex marriage so so I guess both. I mean, I think we are seeing a backlash in terms of uh, uh, states trying to enact laws, these these RIFRAs, these um, Religious Freedom Restoration Act laws. We've been seeing a, a, a huge uh, uh, push towards these, you know, what they call bathroom bills. Um, I think in the last legislative session, there was like some 200 laws at the state level which were uh, uh, introduced um, and, and, and all over the country, you know, not just the predictable, predictably homophobic states. Um, but, then, but then you also, I mean, there, there, there are also uh, uh, lots of little, little indignities, little, little cuts from the various laws that have not been changed since marriage equality passed. Uh, and and then need to be updated. I, I mean, I can tell you in the state of Florida that um, there are there are lots of, um, sort of language commissions and people working on uh, uh, you know statutory reformation, you know, to, to update the language. And because then what happens is if the language isn't correct, then you could have situations where judges are like, well, the law says what it says, 
So, you know, there, there are lots of folks who need to work on, uh, on, on updating the, uh, the, the language of their, of their statutes all over the country. Yeah. That's interesting. So what yeah. do you think that that means for us as a community? What, um, what responsibilities then do we have? Well, I, I think we need to inform ourselves. I think we need to pay attention. Uh, I, I think we need to understand that really marriage is uh, solved some problems for some people, but not all problems for all people. Uh, certainly, we, we, as, as we lack comprehensive employment protections, as we lack uh, uh, you know, transgender individuals, comprehensive protections, uh, where, where it's, this is really something that we all need to, to be very, very, I think, vigilant about. Um, we haven't talked about this yet, but, but certainly in this, uh, new administration, uh, we can expect to see some real challenges posed. Uh, so, so we, we need to not be complacent. Uh, you know, there are lots of amazing LGBT uh, organizations fighting for our rights, the ACLU, the National Center for Lesbian Rights, Lambda Legal, GLAD, uh, GLBTQ Legal Advocates and Defenders. Um, and so, you know, sign up on their email list, their, participate in their conference calls, um, you know, make make sure that you're not just, I mean, if, if you're lucky enough to be uh, a, a person of privilege and living a comfortable life in a comfortable community, uh, then then that's especially a reason not to kind of turn off your attention and feel like, okay, I'm fine. I don't have anything to worry about. Um, yes, if you are a same-sex married couple, you have your marriage really should be safe. There's nothing to worry about in the new administration. So if that was your only worry, lovely. Pick up, move on, and think about everybody else who you know are. are living in places where it is less comfortable to be gay, uh, people who are gender non-conforming, people of color uh, who are really going to bear, I think, uh, the brunt of some, of some very negative uh, uh, um, consequences of this, of this election. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you say that because I, I think it's, it's it, like I said earlier, it's incumbent upon those of us. I mean, David and I spent the other day walking around Denver holding hands. And there are still many cities in the country um, that you can't do that. And we shouldn't be complacent that we have that privilege. We should still be advocating for our brothers and sisters who are in the middle of the country who don't have that. And to simply say, well, they should just move is not not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier right. said than done. Right, right, right. It's true. It's, it's, you know, we were talking uh, on, on my, uh, one of my LGBT legal uh, listeners about uh, sort of in the Trump apocalypse, what does this mean? And are we going to, what, what do we do about our marriages and all this stuff? And, 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 you know, the consensus was sort of like, your marriages are fine, but maybe, maybe like pre-order your wedding cakes. You know? <laughs> because certainly these, these religious freedom restoration act cases are going to see more traction, certainly with Pence uh, at the helm there, they're going to, they're going to get a lot more support. And, and it's sort of, it's easy for those of us living in, and you in Denver, me in Miami, to be sort of be sort of flip about that, like ah oh, ha ha, you'll you get get your cupcakes from from one place because you won't be able to get them uh, in 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 a few months or a year. Well, you know, a lot of play, in a lot of parts of the country, <laughs> there is only one place to get your your wedding 
there is only one photographer mm-hmm. to use. You know, I've been I've been traveling all over uh, with this with this book that, that we'll talk about. Um, and and one of the things I really realized is is how what just what varied experiences the LGBT communities have throughout the country, and certainly folks in the more rural parts of the country. You know what? If they can't get that wedding cake from this homophobic baker, then they're not going to have a wedding cake. So, it, you know, it's easy for us to be sort of sort of jokey and flippy about it, but this is really serious stuff for a lot of people, uh, you know, again, in, in a lot of more rural parts of the country. Um, I mean, even just, you know, a few miles west of me, I'm sure, not too far outside of Denver. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, the consequences are pretty dire if you've got somebody who feels empowered to not serve uh, members of the LGBT community. Yeah, it's true. It's interesting that what this conversation reminds me a little bit of uh... – of a story that Lisa Nichols, who's a transformational and motivational speaker, she tells about when she and her grandmother went to be on, when she was going to be on the Oprah Winfrey show and they were staying mm-hmm. at a hotel in Chicago, the Omni hotel. And mm-hmm. she got up in the morning and her grandmother told her to make her bed. And she thought that was kind of odd. And she said, we're staying at a nice hotel. So she made it anyway. And then her grandmother told her to go in and straighten up the bathroom, clean up the bathroom. And so she comes out and she asks her grandmother, why? Why are, Why did you make me do this? And she, her grandmother said that she needs to remember that she's where she's at today because of all of the backs of people that have worked to get her to where mm-hmm. she's at. Her yeah. community, her family lineage has progressed she, she her grandmother told her about her great grandmother who used to be a day worker in hotels and so i think mm-hmm. that reminds me of this mm-hmm. conversation we're having about the privileges that we have today yeah. rights yeah. of marriage the ability for us to walk down the street holding our hands is coming because of people who have worked so hard and in many died. cases suffered and died because of They're wanting to make sure that people in either then or in the future would have these privileges. And it's like we we have that same obligation to do the work (laughs) for our other brothers and sisters who are going to come in before us or after us. Yeah. Well, and it's not only them. I mean, that's such a perfect. Thank you for sharing that, that, that very perfect story. And it's such an illustration, which, which motivates. The work I do uh, as co-chair of the National Board of SAGE, which is uh, services and advocacy for GLBT elders, mm-hmm. um, I- I'm I'm just turned 45, and everybody says like, why, why are you? You're not SAGE age. Why are you? <laughs> you know, working for you know LGBT older adults. But it's exactly what you're saying, which is that, uh, you know, when when I think about the 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 backs of the folks who who have helped us get here, I mean, we are we sit on the shoulders of people who now are going into nursing homes and facilities where they have to go back in the closet, where they're being told, oh, you know, uh, just it's fine to be gay, but just don't say anything. A client of mine was told, just don't, just don't say anything to anybody. You know, th- that is exactly what's so outrageous about that. I mean, it, it would be outrageous no matter what, but when you specifically think about who these people are, these are the people who, who fought to get us to, to where we are and, and who died. Uh, exactly. for for our freedom so that's that is exactly what it would animate my uh my involvement in in, in sage yeah Thank i you. can actually i can hear that in your voice that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> so i think this is a good segue to our next question you know what can whether we can do a lot or little what can 
what would you recommend we do to continue the, the fight for equality? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And thank you. I, I think there are a lot of fantastic organizations that really need our support. Uh, and, and I think that it's really incumbent upon us to, to be extremely motivated now more than ever. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very involved in an organization called the National Center for Lesbian Rights. It's a almost 40-year-old uh, San Francisco and D.C.-based organization uh, that, that is a major uh, they, they've litigated our, our marriage ban in the, in the Supreme Court. I mean, they're they're fantastic, uh, and despite their name, they they do work for for the whole of, a, of the LGBT community, and and uh, and so I, I'm on a. Uh, they have a group of LGBT family lawyers, and uh, we were just talking the other day about how for some of us we've gotten uh, people freaked out in the Trump administration and, and they've, they've, they've been rushing to us to do their, whether it's their prenups or their adoptions or whatever. So we've been talking about like tithing, you know, giving NCLR a portion of what we get uh, between that. And, you know, if there are tax cuts that benefit us uh, also sort of, sort of giving back a portion of that, because again, for a lot of your listeners, there are going to be some financial benefits uh, to, to in this perhaps in this next administration. So I think uh, one thing that we can do is think about uh, giving giving back. Uh, is trying to uh, focus on some organizations uh, 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 of folks who are going to be impacted uh, post election. So certainly, um, you know, communities that work uh, for immigrant rights. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see. Uh, DACA, you know, anybody you know who's a who's a dreamer. I mean, he, the, the um, uh, Trump administration, they promised to deport, uh, 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 you know, and, and to, to repeal DACA and to report to excuse me, to deport people immediately. So I think we want to uh, stand with people who stand uh, uh, with with those individuals. Uh, you know, there are tremendous organizations, including NCLR, including Lambda Legal, including GLAD who are uh, standing with uh, the trans community and doing powerful work uh, uh, on behalf of the trans community, the National LGBT Task Force. Um, so, I mean, so, I mean, I think one thing that we can do is, is get involved, you know, get, get on people's email lists. I mean, get on Sage's email list if you're concerned about issues facing LGBT older adults. And, and, and then, and of course, donate, of course, donate, but also be sure you're sharing resources. I mean, uh, you know, Sage just started a, a hotline. And so for those of your listeners who maybe do, who, who have a, uh, maybe do estate planning or, or financial advisors or have LGBT older adults in their lives, I mean, share that resource with them so that they can report discrimination if they see it. Uh, you know, we certainly have uh, all over the country, a crisis with uh, queer youth homelessness. Uh, here in Dade County, 40% of all youth on the street are LGB or T. So, so there are no, you know, know those resources, uh, support those organizations who are standing uh, with vulnerable youth, vulnerable older adults, vulnerable persons of color, vulnerable trans individuals. Uh, and, and, and so, so give and also be aware, you know, don't, don't just sort of be complacent, but get yourself on their email list, read their updates, 
and 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 I think the most important thing that we can do is just is come out, come out all the time, come out everywhere we are, because you you know reading emails, signing petitions, even writing checks, all of that, none of that makes as much change as having conversations with loved ones, having conversations with everyone. I mean, with your dentist, with your dry cleaner, you wouldn't believe how many, for how many people you might actually still in 2016 be the first gay person they've ever met. And, 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 you know, and so I think it's important to, to speak out about who you are, who you love to certainly with respect to trans issues to speak out about them. And I think one of the ways in which we saw a lot of success fast with marriage equality is because we told our stories, because we shared images of our loving uh, couples, you know, loving relationships and in social media. And, and, and that was just a big, big part of, of the whole movement was telling our stories. Well, you know, we, we, we don't unfortunately have the same uh, numbers of people stepping up for the trans community. We don't have the same amount of knowledge you know, I mean, if you, I always do this exercise when I give talks, I ask people to raise their hand if they know a, a gay person. Everybody raises their hand. Raise your hand if you know a trans person. Far fewer people raise their hands. And so I think that kind of ignorance can lead to, uh, to, to, to bigotry, to, to prejudice. So, so again, so to stand up and say, hey, guess what? You know, th- these people are not free. They're not, there are, there have not been any crimes by trans persons in bathrooms. Come on. Like that, you know, this is just sort of uh, the, the, the religious right upset that we've got marriage equality. So now they're trying to pick on the next vulnerable community, uh, you know, and, and, and be bullies. So I think we, we in, in every avenue and every op, we need to take every opportunity that we can to stand up to bullies. Yeah, I think that's the Harvey Milk philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's right. That's a great segue into our next question. Then, if you do feel like you're being uh, vi- your rights are being violated or uh, you're being discriminated against, what resources? Uh, what what are resource, some resources people can re- turn to? Um, well, I, I think uh, that there, as, as I say, in terms of the uh, LGBT older adults, there's. Um, Sage has a hotline, and, and I'm happy to, if you want, I can send this to you, uh, you know, send you our Sage hotline uh, so that you can get the word out on your, um, what do you call them, your show notes. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, Sage has a wonderful hotline. The, um, the National Center for Lesbian Rights also, they have a helpline. Um, uh, and, and I will say that uh, their helpline is you know for anybody who's been through uh, a, a who's going through any kind of a of a of a battle uh, or experiencing any kind of discrimination, they are uh, really incredibly well staffed with attorneys um, who are just very responsive um, and will they will get you into the hands of um, you know of the right people uh, and, and and I think. That is really important, even if you're not being discriminated against or whatever. I mean, if you're, if you're asked to, like, show your marriage license, you know, or anything like that where you might not have your marriage license, anything. So the, so the, the, the hotline um, for NCLR is uh, 
6257. Um, and that's the NCOR uh, legal helpline, 800-528-6257. Um, and, and, and in SAGES, if, if somebody who is an LGBT elder, it's 888-234-SAGE. Um, Great, 888-234-SAGE, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That, that's good information. And so one of the concern, questions I have is if I'm – the minute you, you 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 say the word attorney, I think dollar signs. And so if I'm you know on a low inco- <laughs> I'm on a low income, um, are these still resources that somebody on a low income yes. can return to? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I know like so for example, if you're having like an immigration drama, there's a great organization called Immigration Equality. And Immigration Equality, uh, uh, they do they do LGBT immigration work, and um, Immigration Equality has a really great network of pro bono lawyers, but then also they have, you know, then if you can afford, they also have, you know, lawyers that, that will, that will charge you. <laughs> so, and I think a lot of the organizations do that. So, so I know, um, immigration equality, this number, I for sure know off the top of my head, cause I give them, a, I, I send a lot of people down here in Miami. Um, so they're a 212-714-2904, um, 212-714-2904. And uh, they, uh, I mean, they take collect calls if you're in a detention facility, if you're in danger of being deported, um, if your, you know, legal status is expiring. Uh, so that's immigration equality. And uh, and as I say, and CLR is the same. You know, they will they will provide you with uh, uh, with pro bono legal support, uh, or if you can afford it, you know, they'll also send you to uh, to someone uh, that 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 you can pay. <laughs> Great. That's great resources. And we'll definitely include all those names and phone numbers in our show notes um, in great. case you didn't catch that while you were listening and driving. <laughs> so, no, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, we are crossing a threshold here at Queer Money. Um, so as of right now, before I do a legal guide to marriage, gay and otherwise is the most recommended book on our show. <laughs> oh, yay, thank you. <laughs> we have the author of that book on our show today. So yeah. um, uh, I haven't had a chance to read it, unfortunately. I apologize. Um, but could you give us a little bit of a, a synopsis of what the book is about? Sure, with pleasure. Thanks for asking. Um, so uh, Before I Do is a practical legal guide to everything that marriage means and doesn't mean. And uh, you know the subtitle, as you, as you note, is is a legal guide to marriage, gay and otherwise. So of course, marriage is marriage is marriage. And and while this book was initially really a, a, about the legal and financial and emotional and tax consequences of marriage for LGBT people, we quickly realized that that jumping into marriages without having a full sense of the consequences is not. Uh, in the exclusive province of the LGBT community, but certainly straight folks, uh, lo and behold, have been <laughs> have been impetuously getting married for for ages. So we wanted to make sure uh, that 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 this book spoke to them as well, and uh, and so that's what it is. It's it's really kind of takes you through all of the all of the consequences of marriage, uh, all of the ways in which marriage can provide benefits. Also, the ways in which marriage might not be a benefit. And so that way, each couple and each person in their individual circumstances can can evaluate whether marriage is right for them. 
It's great. I think it's a very timely book. I think because when same-sex marriage passed in June of 2015, David and I were watching, uh, you know, the news. We were glued to the TV, and one of the questions we kept having, um, especially the, the days following when people started getting married so quickly, in rapid succession, was: Do these people mm-hmm. understand the the benefits and the consequences of what they're doing? <laughs> of what they're doing. Right. And then right. you know, it was about six months to a year later, we started seeing: Okay, now now uh, same-sex couples are getting divorced, and they're starting to realize some of those consequences. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. It, and th- and that, that was sort of one of the big inspirations for the book. Um, uh, I was actually asked to write it by a, a, a professor. She's an, she's an editor at, at my, works at my publisher, The New Press. But she's also a professor and she teaches queer studies and was finding like all these young kids kind of bouncing down to her podium at the end of class on Fridays. And they were like casually saying, okay, we're going to go get married this weekend, you know? And so she's like, wait a minute, people, you know, these marriages are really real. Slow the heck down. Right. And, uh, and, and that has had been my, my drumbeat for years because I, I was seeing really as, as soon as there were legal relationships to enter into, of course, I mean, we could hardly be blamed, right? All of this pent up demand, um, you know, everybody was psyched to, like to jump into it and and so it's not to say don't don't do it it's not to say don't try the knot it's just to say get know know what you're getting yourself into i mean who who wants any surprises so <laughs> right, absolutely yeah yeah so in your expertise what are some of the considerations that you're finding same-sex couples are not taking into consideration before getting married do you see any themes yeah, I mean, I think I think um, certainly again, you know, we can hardly be blamed. Who wants to talk about awful, morbid things like divorce when you're, right. and, you know, and death when you're focused on such festive romance? Um, and, and I, of course, I get that, but definitely, I would say that our community has not really wanted to kind of face the the potential that you know what would happen in the event of death what would happen in the event of divorce uh and so so that's been i think a theme and then as i mentioned uh earlier in our in our time together today i think another theme is is people kind of thinking that by getting married they have these parental rights which maybe uh they don't and and so it's incredibly important to research that i i think um you talk to Kathy uh, Pareto, and, and she can tell you that that um, she participated in this um, Get Engaged campaign that we had, uh, this uh, Equality Florida's Get Engaged campaign, uh, which was after the Windsor decision in 2013. It was soliciting uh, stories and 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 testimonies from people uh, who who might want to consider. Uh, participating in litigation. Uh, we we knew once the Windsor decision came down and the federal ban against marriage equality fell, that the next step was to take down the state ban against marriage equality. And so we solicited people's um, input from all around the, the state, excuse me, and some of the things that people were saying about why they wanted to get married was like, I want to get married, so I'll have parental rights to my partner's child. You know, I want to get married so that, uh, you know, some of the great ones were like, I want to get married so that I will get, so I, I can deduct my partner as a, as a, as a child. 
you know, um, you know, and, and of course, in some cases that, that you could do that, but that's not every case. And there was just, there seemed to be a lot of misinformation, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and yes, in a lot of cases, you know, you will, if you have a child in the context of the marriage, you will have parental rights to that child. But people were like, oh, uh, you know, th- like the child that already exists. They thought that by marrying their partner, the child that already exists magically becomes their legal child. Um, so, you know, th- there was, there's been a lot of education uh, that, that we've got to undertake and still do. Yeah, so uh, Prudential just did a, a, an exhaustive study on personal finance uh, in, in general, but a component of that was the LGBT community. And it seems that one of the biggest confusions that they noticed right now is how Social Security applies and doesn't apply mm-hmm. to them. Um, there yes, seems to be a lot of confusion about that. Yeah. There is, there is. Yeah, and I've got a huge chapter on that, actually, in my book about about benefits that, that you might lose by getting married, benefits you might not be eligible for, that you think you could be eligible for. Uh, the, the, the whole notion of your household income going up and then lose, potentially losing certain benefits uh, by getting married is not one that people, I think, are really taking in. And it's, it's very scary and frustrating. Right. That's true. I think that's one of the things that we, especially because the, of, of our focus, uh, queer money, our focus is helping individuals to weigh the financial consequences of the decisions that they're making. And yeah. that's a, that is a big one. When, when individuals do get married, they do not realize that there is potentially a, a marriage tax penalty that they could yep. end up paying more in taxes and yep. they don't in some of those considerations are the thing. That's the reason why we are, you know, encouraging individuals to read this book is because you do Thank cover you. some of those, those aspects of those financial considerations, Absolutely. emotions, when love is involved, <laughs> you know, the, the, yeah. the brain goes out the door, you know, we, we start <laughs> right, thinking right. about certain things when, when we're in love. And uh, we, that's one of the things that we, try to encourage individuals through this show is to remember the financial financial consequences of the decisions that you're making. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is that we, we, we seem to lose sight of the fact that we still need to have estate planning documents in order. I'm finding people think like, oh, well, the only reason I ever needed to do estate planning is because I couldn't get married. And now that I can get married, I don't have to worry about that nonsense anymore, which Absolutely. just makes no sense, right? I mean, like there are like there are heterosexual estate planners. You know, why, why do, you, do you think straight people don't need, you know, haven't needed estate plan? You don't need a plan B. What if God forbid the two of you pass away together? And, and certainly, you know, we, as we know, we are not done with homophobia as a as an issue, as a challenge to our community. So, uh, you know, this is a, a very, very challenging uh, uphill battle, it seems, in terms of education, because people just think like, OK, well, you know, I, I don't I don't need to worry about it now that we're married. And, and we're seeing challenges all over the country uh, when when folks, you know, go to the hospital to be with their spouse and the the nurse says, OK, great. Show me your marriage license. You know, I asked my mother, I'm like, mom, did you and daddy ever have to have your marriage license at any, at any point, anywhere? Did anybody ever ask you that? Uh, so, you know, we, so you can argue and you should argue and they should let you in, you know, to see your spouse. But, but it's also very important. And frankly, in some parts of the world, it's just going to be easier uh, to also have that healthcare surrogate with you. And then of course, to have an alternate scenario so that if God forbid the two of you get in an accident together or something. Right. Um, 
you know, is really important and, and to have your wills uh, and if appropriate for you, your trust uh, in order so that your, your exact wishes are fulfilled. You know, if you have, uh, if you want everything, you go to your spouse. Awesome. If you've got a child from a prior relationship you want to provide for, you need to make that clear. If you've got charitable intentions that you want to provide, you need to make that clear in writing. Uh, so these are all, I think, important um, considerations for for everyone, and, and we we walk you through that. And before I do, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. As, as she's speaking, it reminds me of that story that the advocate had a couple months ago about was it Tom Downey. Uh, uh, hmm. Shoot. Um, um, there's a there's a, a gentleman in, from the state of New York who the New York, yeah, the New York case. That's what I thought. Yeah, but who didn't have his planning done, so his apartment got kicked out of the apartment right. after fifty something years. After fifty yeah. years, yeah, his his, his unbelievable. His, his partner's children pretty much kicked him out of the house. So I mean, it's just staggering to me that people don't have there it's just to me it's just a failure on a map of our community that we're just not educating people um and so thank you so much for this show and, and for getting this message out because we cannot have another tom downey i mean yeah. enough yeah i right. agree and thank you know, thank you as well yeah. we, we couldn't yeah. do a show like this without great guests like you um you had mentioned i think in a prior conversation that we had uh that you know when you do get all your your legal documents orders trusts wills uh, mm-hmm. marriage licenses and all that, that there is an electronic resource that you can house all that? Is that? Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. That's a great question. Yeah. So so there are a few. Um, I don't have my book in front of me, but I, I know I list a few of them uh, in the back of the book. But the one that I use uh, in, in my business and for my clients is called DocuBank. And DocuBank is D-O-C-U-B-A-N-K. And DocuBank is just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, way to store your advanced directives, your emergency medical information, um, so that it's available, you know, anytime, anywhere, 24-7, 365. And so what happens is, is that you, you well, what I do for my clients, and I think anyone can do it for themselves, you just upload your documents, uh, and then they send you a card, and your your name will be on it, your partner's name will be on it, uh, and uh, you, you'll have like a PIN number, so that anywhere where you are in the world, your uh, documents would be sent immediately to you. Um, so if you don't have that big packet of documents that your, that your um, lawyer made for you, uh, you would have a, a very easy way to access uh, those documents. And I, and I keep my card on me. My wife keeps her card uh, right next to the health insurance card because you know anywhere where you are, you know, God forbid something happens to you, they're going to look for that insurance card to find out how you're going to pay for this thing. And, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I feel really strongly about DocuBank. It's a, it's a really great resource. As I say, there are some others uh, that I just think DocuBank is the oldest and largest, and they also do a lot of uh, uh, work with the LGBT community. So um, really great, great yeah, organization. That's, that's a great resource. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll include that in the show notes as well. Oh, good. Thanks. So uh, we have this has been a great conversation. Where can our listeners find and readers find more about you? Ah, thank you. Um, so it's just my name, Elizabeth Schwartz, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-V. And my website is elizabethschwartz.com. And um, the book is just elizabethschwartz.com slash before I do, but you can find it at elizabethschwartz.com. And um, 
And uh, yeah, I really appreciate folks' support. Uh, uh, the, the book, I think, is well, we're already in our second printing, so that's exciting. Congratulations. And, and, uh, yeah. The message. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm so glad that people are really taking to the message. It's really important. And um, certainly, uh, if any of your listeners like it, please um, do an Amazon review because that really helps. Uh, and, uh, and I, I mean, I'm not making a penny from this book. It's really just about getting the message out there, encouraging people to read it, to get married deliberately, to not just jump into it. Uh, it's, it's, it's truly my dream to, to, to kind of revamp the institution of marriage and, and to do it a, a smarter way and a better way uh, and to, uh, uh, to, to maybe sort of treat marriage as we have some of the neighborhoods we've moved into kind of kind of schmancy it up you know (laughs) i love that quote get married deliberately yes yeah i think you know we're all usually you know high on life and and in love and you know we just want to walk down the aisle and be married together forever but you know get married deliberately and think about all of the consequences yes absolutely i think i think that's romantic (laughs) (laughs) and you were just you you have a couple of great articles uh one that was just recently featured uh the end of october in huffington post so if our our readers want or listeners want to get a glimpse of what you talk about and write about they can find you there as well oh yeah thank you actually yeah we've um I, i also just posted one uh kind of what considerations uh our community might have in 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 the trumpocalypse so uh, oh, nice. so that's that's up that's up there as well and and so for for folks who are concerned about what this uh election might mean for their marriages you know stuff like that i i, I cover that uh and and also some concerns uh that that transgender individuals might have in terms of maybe considering getting those passports changed and social security cards changed if you want to change your gender marker or your name uh because president obama had uh, has enacted a, a really great kind of modernized way to do that. And and certainly that's one of the things that we're concerned will go by the wayside in the new administration. So uh, I, I touch on that in the, in the piece as well. So thanks for mentioning it. Great. Absolutely. Thank you. So the book again is Before I Do, A Legal Guide to Marriage, Gay and Otherwise. And her name is Elizabeth Schwartz. You can find her pretty much anywhere online. And thank you, Elizabeth. We appreciate your time today. Yes, thank you. Thanks so much, John. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Have a great one. Take thank care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So, yes. The fight for queer equality continues. Liz shared a lot of great information, including our need to thoroughly button up all legal documents, beneficiaries, defense directives, and more. She also shared a Rolodex of organizations and helpline numbers included in our show notes at debtfreeguys.com to help us stay informed about the fight for queer equality and where we can get help if we need it. Liz also shared insight from her book to help us, as she says, quote, marry deliberately, end quote. Finally, she recommends DocuBank as a way to electronically store all important and legal documents and make them accessible from anywhere in the world at any time of day, as emergencies always happen when they're least convenient. Neither the Dead Free Guys nor Queer Money is sponsored by DocuBank. We just think it's a badass tool. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Queer Money. If you like this or any Queer Money episode, please like, comment on, and share Queer Money through iTunes. Okay. We just serviced you, now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. (laughs) (laughs) Would help me if I had a personal chef made all all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The other end, I like the butts, so... (laughs) Uh,